Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. about this world of ours and ever in search of the finest of its kind we bring you the tops in audio drama networks this is mutual The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Hello, strange world. Welcome to the Aldergate Papers. My name is Adrian Ward, and these singed and crumpled pages are my diary, a record of the final days of my former life. I remember almost nothing of the story they contain, and the more I read, the less I wish to know. There is a shadow over Aldergate University a shadow from which I barely escaped with my life, a shadow into which I must now step once more. And you're coming with me. So, where were we? When we left our hero, he had fetched up, quite unintentionally, in the Warden College Bell Tower and no further along in his investigation of the hidden truths behind his old friend's murder. We rejoin him at the breakfast table, having apparently made significant and unexpected progress. This is Day Nine, Part Four, Beneath the Labyrinth. It is the ninth day of the return to Watergate. The time and place of writing is early afternoon, in the back room of the Colonial Independent Mercantile and Tea Room. We begin. Ah, breakfast. Breakfast, breakfast, glorious breakfast. Mm. The conventional lunch hour may have come and gone, but it's your fast, you broke it, and you don't want to hear any argument. Mm. Anyhow, that's the beauty of waffles, isn't it? They're the grenadine silk tie of the food kingdom. Rarely your first thought, 
but they always just seem to work somehow, no matter the circumstances. Hmm. Waffles. <sighs> well, this has been a morning of revelations, hasn't it, self old boy? This place, not least among them. How is it you never realized that the mercantile has a back room? Young Adrian really was a heedless little blighter. You must have tucked away a hundred of old Pate's inimitable sandwiches from the discomfort of a counter-stool. Never even suspected that, past the rampart of tea-chests and down a dark little passage papered with old shipping manifests, lacks luxury straight out of the Arabian Nights. It's not one hundred percent your style. You generally prefer chairs to tasselly cushions. You can't recall the last time you sat tailor fashion. Now you're not certain when or if you'll be able to stop. However, even a semi-permanent case of crisscross applesauce is a small price to pay for a jolly good breakfast. And, of all unexpected things, public privacy. Honestly, you don't know why every restaurant hasn't got these little tint things over the tables. Personal pavilions hanging from the ceiling, with heavy purple curtains you can pull round to shut out the rest of the world. Let you preserve the secret of which side you butter your toast on. <sighs> really, you ought to give old Pate a medal or something for services to the community. Can vice-chancellors give people medals? Mm, is there anyone to stop a vice-chancellor if he tries? <laughs> oh, you will have to ask your new wizard friend. Deddy will know. Hmm, Deddy knows all, or near enough. Or, if not medals, what about titles? That would be a bit of fun. Make old Pate a Viscount of Aldergate. Or possibly Viscountess. <laughs> Dealer's choice. Or do you suppose there's multiple old Pates banging about? The one who took your order had a cauliflowery sort of ear situation that you don't recall noticing before. Imagine that, a whole brood of old pates, each more shriveled and hairless than the last. Well, bless and preserve the lot of them, says you, even unto the fourth generation. <sighs> Come now, down to business. You've serious jigsaw work to do. Got a whole pocketful of new pieces to the puzzle, and not much time to pop them into place. You have been initiated into a whole bevy of sacred mysteries, and, well, what about it, eh? That is the question. What about it? You have been inside the Sanctum Sanctorum. You knew that the Office of Invitation likes to keep itself more or less a secret, even from the rest of Aldergate, but you'd no idea the lengths they've gone to, not to mention the depths. 
but you're getting ahead of yourself. First things first, then second things second, and so on. Preserve the timeline. If you can't maintain continuity in your life, you can at least impose it on your diary. All right, then. You left off up in the ringing chamber of the Warden College bell tower, with a thirteen-armed robot flailing away and a magnificent din thundering down from on high. Having absorbed about all the campanology you could take for one day, you tucked this increasingly shop-worn notebook back into your satchel and slipped out unnoticed through the rapt crowd of cultists. On your way down, you passed a girl who had paused on the stairs and was listening to the clamor of the bells above. She had unshipped a mighty stack of insulated boxes she'd got strapped to a pack frame. The silver barrel charm on the chain round her neck identified her as one of Aldergate's unsung heroes, a volunteer Samaritan of the Knights of St. Bernard. Oi! She prodded you in the ribs as you passed. Is she at home? What struck you at the time was how she said it. Is she at home? Less like a pronoun, more like a name, or maybe a title. It wasn't until later you realized that she, who or whatever she may be, apparently lives in the bell tower. And doesn't just live there, hermits there, so much so that she is on the KSB's list of obligations who need meals brought to them, so they don't accidentally starve themselves to death. You're well aware of Aldergate's perpetual housing shortage, but it's not bad enough to stick anybody at ground zero of the city's most audible hourly bing-bong unless they really want to be there. It's a wonder she hasn't been sonically reduced to a fine paste by now. Regardless, you'd no idea whether she was in situ or ex situ, and you said so. The faithful knight sighed, nodded, and hefted the boxes back onto her shoulders. Right. And step, and step, and step, and step. She continued her labored ascent, and you carried on, down and out of the tower, and thence through the gatehouse. The music of the warden bells was still peeling away as you stepped out into University Place, to the delight and or annoyance of the sketch pads and laptops who were hanging about on the steps of the Tempire. Brrr. Better them than you. The sun may technically have been shining, but its heart clearly wasn't in the work. Even in the Sort and Lyle you were shivering. You ought to have asked Baz when she expects your Chesterfield back from the cleaners. You will be in dire straits before long. Yes, Baz. You hadn't planned on seeing her at all today. Hadn't much wanted to, in all frankness. 
You haven't told her the full story of how Elodie Tran torpedoed your acclamation, partly because you don't want her further muddying the already murky political waters, and partly because you don't know the full story yourself. Now, what turned your steps towards the Central Administration Building was old Deddy Hamid, venerable scholar of the law. Because Deddy isn't just the university's Lord High Know-it-all in matters relating to the Lex Ortegaciensis. He is also Elder Prefect of the Office of Invitation. That makes him a distinct oddity. More of one than he would have been otherwise, even. The O of I, more than any other, is the foundational institution of the University of Aldergate, and yet it sits entirely outside of your authority. Yours is the dizzying constellation of Aldergation scholarship, but it's Deddy who hangs the stars, and he does not answer to you. You're not quite sure whether he answers to anyone. Hmm. Fortunate that he's such a perfectly lovely chap. And accommodating. And useful. His vast warehouse of knowledge of Aldergatiana isn't limited to the Lex. For the last half-century, he has personally blessed the official file of every student who's been invited to Aldergate. Yes, the university's scholars may be troublesome to pin down after they arrive, but we are tremendously particular about who gets in the door. And, speaking of doors, the office in Triple E that Sammy seems actually to have occupied has got two names on its door. G. Keller and S. U. Clues, self old boy. Your clues. Neglected, but not forgotten. Find out who Sammy was working with, and you're more than halfway to knowing what she was working on. And you, great detective that you are, realized that if there was dirt to be had on G. Keller and S. U., at least prior to their invitation, Deddy would have it. Whether he'd be willing to give up the goods, you weren't sure. The O of I does fancy its cloak of independence and inscrutability, and if Deddy told you to sod off, you hadn't much by way of a backup plan. Still, nothing ventured, nothing won. So you made a beeline for the Office of Invitation. Tried to, anyhow. Hmm. It is an odd expression. Bee-line. Bees don't really make straight lines, do they? In your social acquaintance with bees, they generally seem pretty aimless, bumbling about, as it were, tendency to knock into things. In which regard, you would have made an admirable bee this morning. This is the second time you've strolled into Sentad with what seemed like foolproof instructions. And, a second time, you have demonstrated the ingenuity of fools. <sighs> Just down the stairs, Deddy had said in the genial scrum that followed your inauguration. 
All the way down, and we're right at the bottom. You cannot miss us. Ha! Tell Adrian Ward he can't do a thing, would he? You certainly showed him. You made it through the foyer, all right. No half-naked students clogging up the place this time, worse luck. Hmm, but then you were reminded about Sentad's interior architecture and its irritating fear of commitment. Nothing knows what it wants to be when it grows up. Here are stairs. They go down. You went down them, but only for half a flight. And now we are a stuffy little corridor with a row of unmarked doors on either side. Ah, but we do seem to be sloping downward. Yes, the descent continues. Progress is being made. The slope increases. You know, if you worked down here, you'd bring a skateboard to work. <sighs> Judging by the scuff marks on the tiles, you're not the first to have had the idea. Anyhow, onward, and slowly downward, and... Oh dear, dead end? No false alarm, just a sharp left turn, into a flight of stairs, that go up. So, back to square one. No, worse even than that, to a square with approximately the same z-axis coordinates but none of the easy egress in case you'd rather just abort mission. <sighs> yes, yes. Once again, you found yourself lost in the Central Administration Building. You had learned from your previous experience, however. You did not panic, did not try to struggle. As is so often the case, what appears chaos to the eye is really incomprehension behind it. Perhaps this is your own paranoiac tendencies talking, but you're convinced that the whole weird place, though it may seem a maze, is in fact a labyrinth. And, like any good labyrinth, it must inevitably funnel you into the jaws of Sentad's administrative minotaur. Adminotaur. Adminotaur. Not too bad. There's uh, something in that. Anyhow, yes, inside her fortress of bureaucracy, it seems that all roads lead to Baz. And so it came to pass. As mentioned, you hadn't intended to seek her out, but as it was clearly your only hope of seeing daylight again, you trudged onward, upstairs and down. And, just when you were beginning to fear that you might never get unlost and end up devoured by a lost tribe of accountants, there you were on her doorstep. <laughs> People are funny creatures. Baz's door was open, and even as you reached out to knock on the doorframe, you were arrested by the strangeness of the scene within. Her office is nothing much out of the ordinary. That in itself is a bit odd. You'd have thought that the office of the secretary and steward of Aldergate would at least rate a window. 
It probably has got one, now that you come to think of it. It would be a tremendously baz move to respectfully boycott her official chambers, and instead take over a drab little shoebox that just happens to be at the absolute nerve center of university operations. Can't deny that your adminator knows what she's about. However, as different as Baz's office may be from the grand and lofty corner penthouse where you fetched up first time you visited Centad, the two have this much in common. Like the office of the vice-chancellor, Baz's adopted digs are simply drowning in paper. Really, it was utter madness. A tidier sort of madness than that which poor Sir Reggie inflicted on the place upstairs. But madness nonetheless. Stacks and stacks and stacks of loose papers, waist-high in places, with only enough space between them for a narrow path between door and desk. And that was only what you could see. She's got filing cabinets all along the walls on both sides. Actual filing cabinets. You felt as if you'd wandered into the wrong decade. And that it should be Baz doing all this hard-copy wrangling was stranger still. This is a woman, let's not forget, who, at the age of seventeen, wrote a procedural text generator to automate her weekly emails home to mother. Digital data management was part and parcel of what brought Baz on board the Bofax team in the first place. And yet, today you arrived to find her standing over the pulped and processed corpse of half a rainforest. You have said it before, you now say it again. Thank mercy you've got Baz to handle whatever it is she's handling. <laughs> you almost didn't want to disturb her. There's something about a person who's flapping actual bits of paper about that just looks busier than cleaning out your inbox. You dropped your knocking hand and went for the awkward lean instead, the one where you straight-arm the doorframe and bend in, as though you're straining in vain against an unseen force that compels you to interrupt. <sighs> Works better when your leaning hand isn't a ragged lump of useless agony. You'd forgotten about that. You yelped and cringed, and the laws of gravity and inertia tipped you forward through the door. The tears in your eyes prevented a clear view of Baz at the moment she realized she was being invaded. Do you rather think you narrowly escaped getting bludgeoned with a fistful of A4? Then... Adrian? Oh no! No, no, no! Poor Baz... You must really have startled her. She dropped everything and came at you, grabbing at your lapels. Oh no, I can't. Here, here, Adrian, here. Baz, Baz, Baz. She had you by the shirt front and was attempting some sort of shove-and-pull judo maneuver. No idea what she thought she was playing at. Confused, embarrassed, and still in a fair amount of pain, you tried to fend her off, 
hampered by the need to protect your wounded paw. Thus doubtful you stood, as two spent swimmers that do cling together and choke their heart, you repeating her name with increasing volume and reproachfulness, and her trying to make you lie down on the floor or something. Hang about. <laughs> oh, oh, sweet mercy. <laughs> Poor Baz. She must have thought you were really injured. Silly idiot. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, it's completely your fault. You come reeling into her office, groaning and clutching your hand against your stomach. She must have thought that you'd been... What, shot? Stabbed? Shanked on your way through the finance department by some radical anti-establishment payroll specialist? <sighs> Whatever she thought, eventually she must have realized that you were not, in fact, about to die in her arms. No wonder she was cross. She released you and asked what the twist was the matter. Then she turned icily away from your admittedly unimpressive explanation, and began cleaning up the fallout from her spontaneous document dump. Poor Baz. You do owe her one, don't you? That is to say, one more than you owed previously. It seems you barged in as she was battening down the university's hatches, so it won't founder if she leaves town for a day or two. On your behalf, she might and did add, she thinks she's identified the root of the problem that's keeping you out of Midwinter Hill, and she's heading down to Whitehall in person to see what can be done about it. That may keep her in London for a bit, and she's plainly worried she'll find a smoking crater upon her return. <laughs> How lucky that you were there to reassure her. For what harm can come to Aldergate, while its vice-chancellor is a man who can barely stop injuring himself long enough to get lost in an office building? Anyhow, Baz was either too annoyed with you, or simply too deep in her own to-do list to show any real curiosity about what you were up to, beyond what it would take to move you along. That suited you just fine. You said you were looking for Deddy Hamid, and could she please point you in the direction? Then you hastily added a few stern but vague allusions to the Lex Ortegatiensis. Wanted her to know you were about university business, not just making social calls. Oh, yes. Oh, right. Of course. She shooed you back out the door and bid you follow. Better you than me, I don't mind saying. I know the Lex can be a bugger when you're trying to get anything done around this place. Anything about policy, I mean. Sir Reggie was always having to pop down to the O of I, even right towards the end. You'll remember the way next time. It's quite easy. From the main entrance, you... At this point... Well, let us say that other ward took over, completely blotting Baz's directions from your memory. That is your story, and to it you shall stick. Anyhow... 
after a discouraging amount of upstairs, downstairs, and in my lady's chamber, your native guide shoved you through an unmarked door and into the well of a tight and twisty stone spiral staircase. There you are, Baz said. I've got to be getting back, but you ought to be all right from here. It's just straight down to the bottom. You can't miss it. Ha! Huh. Tell Adrian Ward he can't do a thing, would she? Yes, well, down you went. Down the stairs and down through the ages. The current Central Administration Building is not so terribly old by Aldergate standards, but the ground it's built on has been around a while and inhabited for nearly as long, or so it seems. As you curled away down the spiral, English oak panelling gave way to pocked clay brick, and thence to mildewed stone. Gave you a chilly, hollow feeling in your stomach. You actually paused for a moment on the stairs, just at the border between brick and stone. The recessed sconce lights give out at that point, and from there on down it's all cage lights on a cord overhead, stuck onto the undersides of the stairs above. You have tried not to dwell on the memory of your entombment in the manse's cellar and profundus, but you do wish the O of I weren't quite so emphatically subterranean. <sighs> You carried on, of course. What else were you going to do? Turn back, get lost again, and wind up once more in Baz's arms? Pa to that. Pa, you say. And so you continued your descent through the strata of history. <sighs> Speaking of history, which you probably ought not, certainly not your subject, but, well, if you ever find yourself introduced to a historian of Aldergate, you would like to know the story of how and when Sentad burned down. That's your diagnosis, at least. About one full turn past the brick-to-stone boundary, there's another transitional layer. Sort of. It's stone above and stone below and you're not geologist enough to tell one from t'other, but you would swear that that boundary course looks burnt. Either that, or it's some sort of creeping mold infestation. Probably a historically significant one. You'll have to fight the Society of Preservationists to have it seen to. <laughs> well... Fire or fungus, you passed it by and carried on. Now that you think of it, the deeper stones seemed perhaps a bit rougher hewn than their shallower brethren, although you couldn't swear to it, not by that light at any rate. At that point you were paying less attention to the scenery and more to that icy little knot in your stomach. You weren't liking it, self. You were not liking it one bit. You'd only just parted company with Baz, and yet you could already feel the nameless horror on its way, hollowness welling up within you, 
like the rush of saliva that says, Please be advised, you're going to be sick in T minus five, four, three, two. And then you are at the bottom. No more stairs. Just a low, bronze-banded door. So ancient-looking, you hesitated to knock, for fear that Parata might bollock you for touching it. But knock you did, then stepped back and offered a friendly waved little camera perched on the capstone of the surrounding archway. You waited. You knocked again. You wondered whether you were meant to just let yourself in, then noticed that you couldn't if you tried. There's no handle or latch or anything, not on the outside. So you gave that artifact of a door an experimental shove, which accomplished nothing at all. <sighs> you fell back to consider your position. On the one hand, there was no shame at all in retreating at this point. You had done what could be done, and that was an end to it. Having said that, however, if you left now, you'd only have to come back and try again. And having come so far, it seemed a pity to give up. <sighs> what really sat uneasy was a distinct sense that the nameless horror had not gone far. Had, in fact, congealed in the air just out of sight beyond the spiral curve of the stairs. Going to meet it did not appeal. Waiting for it to grow and grow until it was strong enough to come and get you appealed even less. It was with a profound sense of relief, therefore, that you heard the squeak and rattle of bolts being drawn, and a dusty groan as the door swung inward on its pivots. Greetings, Vice-Chancellor said a voice from within. The master has been expecting you. Well then, it seems that someone knew of our hero's destination, even if he did not. Who or what awaits him in this semi-secret suspiciously subterranean headquarters of the Office of Invitation. We shall just have to see, shan't we? Join me every second Sunday for a fresh episode of The Aldergate Papers. Right now, however, you must help me help myself. Do please find The Aldergate Papers on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. And spread the word, won't you? Point your friends to thealdergatepapers.com Until next time, I am and shall remain your humble servant, Adrian Ward.
Hi there. Do you like science fiction and fantasy? Well, you're in luck. Wednesday Wonders is the mutual audio feed that has all things to do with the world of the unknown. Subscribe to the full mutual audio network feed every day for amazing audio, or you can find the Wednesday Wonders for all of your sci-fi and fantasy needs in your favorite podcast player. The Mutual Audio Network, listening and imagining together.